0: All right, welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi.
1: And I'm Walter Kern.
0: Walter, I, you know, now that I've had a few a few days to uh, come up for air a little bit, I just want to apologize. it has been so disruptive in the last month. You've been so cool about this. I, I, I just wanted to say on the air that I feel, um, I feel bad about how crazy the last month has been, and you've been really patient, and thank you.
1: Well, there is such a thing as an act of God in journalism, <laughs> And uh, uh, I, I, I excuse that. And uh, first of all, I welcome any apology for anything because I get so few of them in life. But, uh, um, but, but I understand because the uh, I, I, I think the import of this Twitter story and the Twitter files that you've been allowed to sift through and and so ably interpret is of you know utmost importance. Uh, and, and as a journalist, getting to a point in uh my coverage of, of of the world when i'm able to see through you and through others uh the actual distortion of our our uh, effort uh through you know the intrusion of the powers that be has been very satisfying just personally mm-hmm. these are the kind of stories and the kind of uh, revelations that we're not used to getting and uh any personal frustration i may have felt is Really outweighed by the uh, extent and import of the story. So, well, good. I'm I'm glad. I, it's all good. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I
0: I I felt a little bit of the same feeling of psychological relief looking at this stuff, but also. Um, you know, just the what happens when you get near documents like this is that everything else gets blacked out and all you want to do is just keep going and, and you lose track of all the things around you. I mean, there was a famous passage written. Uh, I guess it wasn't that famous, but Hunter Thompson once wrote this really funny thing about how normally you can't get anywhere near a bull elk uh because they're so hmm. clever and they they're so attuned to every tiny sound in the forest that like you, you know if you're within 3000 yards they'll they'll run away but when they're in he- when they're other elk in heat um a, an elk a bull elk gets incredibly stupid will walk straight into trees uh and it is in such a fever to reproduce uh and find that that elk in heat that uh it loses all sense of everything and uh and is uh, no longer the clever animal that it usually is so i I think that happens in, in with a story like this like i you know I, I may i may have lost uh a few of my senses during this time period so anyway
1: well, well so, someone needs to i mean we live in a society in which people are i i, I think sort of worn down by apathy even journalists and uh get truly excited by a story is, is, is a wonderful thing for one of us. Uh, the, the, the intensity of focus that you describe happens to hunters too. I once nearly blew a guy's head off while hunting deer because it had been so long since our group had seen a deer. And then suddenly one walked out of the forest and I leveled my rifle. Uh, it was the last time I hunted. Wow. It, uh, for, yeah. And, and, uh, Saw only the deer through the scope, not the head of my fellow hunter, just outside the scope and sent a, a bullet whistling past his head. Um, oh, my God. No, it, yeah, yeah, another true depressing story from the life of Walter Kern. But, uh, yeah, I, I understand that, that, that fever that grips one. Um, and and it's gripped me too from the outside, frankly. I mean, Matt, like many of your readers, I've uh, refreshed many times, hoping for a new uh, a new disclosure on your feed, and you know, been frustrated and thought, oh, I have to wait until tomorrow.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, there's more coming. where allegedly, there's there's more more uh, stuff coming today. So that, that not for me, but but to me, so um, and some of the others maybe so. Uh, But there's other things happening in the world, right? And I think we should we should maybe talk a little bit about some of those. The Kevin McCarthy story occupied, it felt like 98% of um, media coverage this week. And for the life of me, I I, I can't really figure out what the big deal is. It's uh, I think somebody thinks it's an own on
1: somebody and I, I, I can't. Can
0: you can you help me walk me through what's going on here?
1: Well, you know, I lived in England for a time. Uh, You know, I I went to Oxford University in my early 20s, and often it was said by Americans, uh, other American students, that the British Parliament was a wonderful thing, Um, that the extent to which it was rowdy, um, uh, full of conflict, eloquent uh, conflict at that, was something we should aspire to in America. And, and and now I'm seeing the closest um, approximation to the British Parliament in our uh, legislative body that I've probably ever seen. You know, uh, an intense negotiation between a small group and a larger group to um, form a coalition. And, uh, you know, the, the, the holdout Republicans, who've been called all sorts of names, are demanding mm, concessions from the you know, sort of larger group and asking to be cut in on the deal of governance as, as, as a condition of voting for McCarthy. And, and I don't see how this is unhealthy necessarily. Um, you know, unless Americans are so conflict-averse that they can't stand, um, you know, that they can't stand this sort of bare-knuckle brawling, uh, it, it, I think it should be countenanced. uh it, it, It's maybe not uh, agreeable to many that MAGA Republicans uh, have part of the sort of congressional pie, but they're insisting on it. It's their right to do so. Um, It's airing a lot of differences and and sort of party uh, difficulties, which I don't see as bad. Uh, You know, the Republicans aren't monolithic anymore. They have a populist wing, and uh, it's being insistent, and uh, I'm not disturbed by it. No, and I, th- I think if it's striking if you look at,
0: in contrast with the episode from earlier this year, remember the withdrawn peace letter, where uh, Premier Jayapal and a few other uh, quote-unquote anti-war Democrats put together this incredibly anodyne um, letter that they were going to send to leadership about uh, being open to opening a peace process uh, with, w- in the Ukraine war. And right. the moment the news of that leaked out every single member of the, uh, of the group self-denounced. Uh, some of them uh, who had signed the letter, like Jamie Raskin, who, who I think Set Jai up in that episode um, very mm-hmm. aggressively. Denounced the letter and denounced the people who um, who had who had been behind it, even though his name was one of the signatures. And this is the opposite right. of what the MAGA Republicans do. Like the whole point of having a small block of people who can be decisive in any vote is you have to you have to charge a lot for your political support always. Right, because otherwise you're going to be ignored. Right, and the the record of what people do on the on the quote unquote left or the progressive side um, is that they don't they never do that. Like they never threaten to withhold their support. And and you know, as somebody who, for instance, supported Bernie Sanders, I always found that like very frustrating. That you know Ber- Bernie never charged a whole lot for for delivering his. Uh, not only his support personally, but, you know, but, but all of his voters too, you know, and, and that's, that's been a, the pattern. The, MA, the MAGA Republicans do politics in a hardcore way, but they, but I think that's what politics is, isn't it?
1: Well, I mean, this behavior is common in parliamentary systems. Mm-hmm. you know, in which small parties have to negotiate for a seat at the table. And, uh, it's often I, I I've heard often a, a kind of envy on the part of American political observers for that system that somehow it's more dynamic that 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 the debates that it allows for are are more illuminating, and that it's the way it should be um, but now we have some approximation of it, and uh, those on the left seem to be calling it a fiasco while the establishment republicans are shocked, shocked that, that that anyone should question the divine right of Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. I, I, I really, I don't remember exactly when it was established that he was inevitable and the only choice. Um, uh, the Republicans and the Democrats who were criticizing this seem to um, have acceded to the notion that McCarthy... Uh, uh, you know is was the once and future king and that was long ago established and how dare it question it be questioned but but you know i didn't see it established
0: no and they and again they don't understand how politics um works in a, in a in a place where politics isn't phony um you know they, they they're right. so used to um uh, being delivered things because it's their turn uh and this is a phenomenon that's that's very evident on the on the democratic side and and re- and really came out in a big way in 2016 um and subsequently as well but the whole idea of well we have to vote for this person because um it, they're next in line and you know somebody like sanders is jumping the line so they they can they can't be you know uh, getting in. Meanwhile, the name of the game is getting support, and if you have support, throw your weight around, right? Like, that's the whole point. And these people, the the McCarthy's of the world, don't have enough to do this by themselves, or they don't know how to exercise the power that they do have. I mean, if you remember Tom DeLay, when he ran the Bush Congress, I'm sure there were plenty of people who, you know, within the caucus, and I, I know there was dissension about votes like CAFTA, for instance, but he would go in and say, "Like, if you don't vote this way, we're gonna primary you. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and you're not gonna be, um, you're not gonna be in Congress in eighteen months or whatever it was." And I don't get the sense that these Republicans know how to play this game uh, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, while while, while mm-hmm. the the congressional Democrats have gotten a little bit more hardcore and that, like they almost have. More of a Tom Delay style united front um, than the Republicans do. Now.
1: Well, I hear Republicans complaining a lot that the republic that the Democrats don't, you know, devour their own, and why should we? Um, as though uh, consensus and 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 working as one is a uh, good in itself. Um, and uh, but 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 there also seems to be a lot of bitterness coming out of the. 2022 election i mean it was the position of a lot of populist republicans that they got no support from the party uh, apparatus the national party apparatus um and and i think there is some uh bad blood uh, you know lingering mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah i guess that's true but i don't know i, I this the story's been blown up everywhere there's there's that Telltale glee you see in the headlines, um, yeah, everywhere. Like both, it's you know it's especially evident in CNN and in MSNBC, but uh, even Fox is kind of um, piling on in this area. And, and yeah, I, think I mean uh, both sides uh, of it, but but whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I mean for those uh, who 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 bemoan the influence of Fox uh, 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 they should be happy because because the real big Fox uh, hosts like Hannity and so on are, are, are pretty ticked off. Uh, he, he, he he got in a fight with Lauren Boebert right on the air pretty much. Uh, um, another of their hosts labeled the, 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 the holdouts insurrectionists (laughs) on the air. uh, I just saw that last night. Um, and you know, this is coming out of the Trump years. There seemed to have been in the distaste for Donald Trump, some underlying notion that disorder or chaos or messiness was, was a real evil in government. Um, and that one of the reasons to elect Joe Biden was to return to a kind of flatline state of normalcy and, uh, you know, static quiet. Um, and, uh, you know the Republicans have have real issues. Uh, they seem to have, uh, how can I put it? They seem to have uh, offended their base in a lot of ways over the years. And this and this Trump movement that they want to go away or put in the rearview mirror isn't going away. Um, and uh, everybody from the kingmakers at Fox to the, the you know the Kevin McCarthy uh, establishment types are. Are, are horrified and, and seem to want to you know move back into the past and aren't able to and uh you know i, I i'm not a party person i i don't uh, i don't hold with either I never thought as a journalist that it was my job to talk about how I voted or talk about my um own inclinations but uh I will say that the republican party having an identity crisis doesn't bother me at all um and uh i i wish the democratic party had one too because to me you know to out my own views a little bit an identity crisis is in order in american politics um uh business as usual has not brought us to a wonderful pass and uh a little uh, dynamism and 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 fireworks in the process suggests change is possible. And I, I personally might like to see some change. Absolutely. And the, the,
0: the inability of, of these, well, the Republican establishment types, I, I think are hopeless, right? So you go into 2016, and you know, they had the famous clown car um, uh, gathering of candidates uh, arrayed against Trump And it was the you know Lindsey Graham. um, I'm trying to think of who the other would be. You know Ted Cruz. uh, Who's the guy from Ohio? Kasich, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like you know, there were so many of them. They're so forgettable, and they completely flatline. Like nothing they did garnered even the thinnest amount of support. There was there was absolutely no enthusiasm whatsoever. Um, the, the only signs of life any of them showed were, had involved Marco Rubio coming in third in Iowa, I think, or second maybe, mm-hmm. right? And, and the media flipped out about that, like, oh my God, the real winner of the Iowa caucuses was, was Marco Rubio. And then there was this kind of surprise second place finish of Kasich in, in New Hampshire, and everybody was mm-hmm. just beside themselves with joy that they had attained, you know, 16% of the vote or something like that. Um, and, and, and meanwhile, it was, it was just it was manifestly obvious that all the, the enthusiasm was over on the Trump side. On, on the other side of the ledger, the same thing was happening. You know, the, the Sanders campaign was generating these huge crowds, lots of excitement, lots of interest. Um, the Clinton campaign was doing better numbers-wise. And money-wise, by far, mm-hmm. but it was really, really struggling to generate enthusiasm and crowds and and all those things. And this is all these those dynamics are still true all across the board. It's reflected in Congress. The you know the the, the populist wings have a lot of energy. They've been basically stamped out on on the Democratic side or brought to heel, and on the Republican mm-hmm. side. You know their their role now, I guess, is as a punchline and headlines for everybody. Um, but they make a mistake in thinking this is all going to go away. It's not going to go away, <laughs> you
1: know. Yeah, it, it, in in the winter spring of two thousand sixteen, I wrote a column for Harper's Magazine about the what was shaping up to possibly be a, a Sanders Trump uh, election. Um, It looked like it was possible that they would win their respective nominations. And they represented um, in some ways two sides of a new coin, uh, which was that of really frustrated working Americans who uh, did not feel served by federal government anymore. Um, That they have been now as of 2022, both, kind of tamed at least at least on the active you know uh, surface level you, you, they haven't maybe been tamed in terms of the grassroots but uh a- and the taming of both proceeded along the same lines in some ways retrospectively they were both accused of being disloyal to the united states of america they were both uh saddled with this russian um charge that somehow they were uh loyal to, 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 to other forces in the world. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we forget that the Russia, uh, accusation or the Russian patsy accusation that was leveled for so long at Trump while he was president was also leveled at Sanders and quite effectively in some Mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course that's offensive to people.
0: And if that's your best argument for why you should vote for Establishment candidate X, um, that's not going to be a winning argument. People aren't going to forget that. They're they're going to be even more angry, and they're going to go to even greater extremes. And that's I think that's where we are right now with this whole thing. But um, the degree to which this, you know, oh my God, he he, you know, he lost the vote for the eleventh time. Har har har. Um, I I I don't exactly understand how like who is supposed to be who's supposed to be getting owned by this. I guess McCarthy is, but like, why do we think that's funny? Why does anybody think that's funny? Like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of an own on, on the people who think this is significant in some way. I, I I don't know, maybe I'm missing something.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised to see Fox news loyal to McCarthy, but I am surprised to see some of the other uh, networks and other wings of journalism, um, loyal to mccarthy in the sense that they uh, uh that they're outraged by a challenge to him um uh you know since when did kevin mccarthy become uh you know an across the aisle uh idol for the american establishment i guess he's uh, like the stand-in for liz cheney now right <laughs> well you know uh Today we'll have more votes. We don't know quite how they'll come out. Uh McCarthy seems to be, you know, stalwart in his willingness to be rejected over and over. Um uh no one's criticizing that. Uh there no one's criticizing the, the, the denial in a man who apparently can't win enough votes uh going over and over at the same uh objective and failing. He's cool hand, Kevin. Uh, well you know i i actually have a connection there he he's said to be the roommate of the pollster frank luntz um yeah i i think it's been established in the sort of um gossip pages that he you know he he lives with luntz at some big apartment in washington Hmm. frank luntz uh was was a classmate of mine at oxford actually really and um yes and and you know frank Blew into Oxford as a young American. Um, I forget what he was studying. And he was at my tiny college, Trinity College, a little subsection of Oxford. And I remember that within days of his arrival, there were mimeographed or Xerox sheets slipped under the doors of all the students, introducing Frank. Frank introducing Frank. Um, He was a political animal and a, a rather aggressive one from the moment he got to england hmm. and uh that kind of behavior was a little untoward for, for for british people who is this american bounder um i love that i remember going to his room yeah I, I i went to his room and i saw photographs uh, sort of autographed photos of himself with a couple of world leaders as a teenager um i seem to remember one i i almost think it was gold in my ear or something uh, nice. it, it was uh, some israeli prime minister um and i thought wow this guy's you know launching himself like a rocket and here he is the quiet roommate of uh of kevin mccarthy maybe some power behind the throne now i'm not sure um i love sphingalis
0: that's another but, somebody should write a book about the, like people like that
1: yes rasputins right. mm-hmm. the 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 people who really move things um you know we used to, in America, have a little more knowledge about the fixers of Washington, mm-hmm. um, you know, who they were and how they operated. We seem now to have a very naive view of politics in some way. Uh, at least the official view of politics is very naive. Uh, we don't get a lot of reporting about the behind-the-scenes operators. Um, you know, uh, John Podesta, for example, who seems to still be in the mix. David Brock. We don't care about much. Yeah, no. Um, Karl Rove reached a kind of apogee of of fame as, you know, the architect of the Bush.
0: Third blossom.
1: Bush coalition, yeah. Um, And I see him now on Fox or or frustrated with what's going on in the Congress, and anything that frustrates Congress, Carl Rove is somewhat amusing to me because personally, I mean, I, I said earlier that I don't want to out my own politics, but I can at least out some of my own sensibilities. He always seemed a sort of smug, uh, Fox-like uh, operator whose, um, whose glee over certain things happening usually um, is quieted me. Mm-hmm. Um, Portended uh, bad things. A, a, yeah, pretended bad things, and, and and he's he does seem to still be there and uh, relishing some uh, renaissance of the kind of Bush style politics that he promoted, except that it's on the Democratic side. <laughs> but well, know, anyway, you know, we can get into that. Topic, um, but yeah, you know. I, I I think I think we've finished that topic. I mean there's only so far we can go with the story that is unresolved mm. and, you know, as we speak, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about the Twitter files that so engrossed and captivated you that, um, you were like a female elk or a, or a male elk, excuse me. <laughs> right. Um, in the presence of female elks uh, or elk, uh, there's no plural with an S. Uh, I think we've reached a, a stage with the Twitter files. You you put out a couple um, on one day last week um, that, that people need a recap or maybe a, uh, a summary of what they might mean and what they might portend. Because uh, I've seen a lot of people um, complaining that they're now lost in the weeds. Mm-hmm. And you yourself in a Substack post called the Twitter files a little weedsy. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, they needn't be weedsy because they all seem to converge on some very important and central points about how government, even academia, and uh, corporate America merge to create the power structure under which we live. Um, so so I wanted to, sort of now that we have a pause to breathe and, and you're no longer panting after the the uh, cow elk, uh, to say, what have we learned, where are we going, and what sort of basic themes can we extract from this huge pile of, of revelations? And maybe you can just volunteer to say what those themes are in your mind. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I think there are, there are three things that are um, coalescing in my mind, and I should talk a little bit about part of the process for me going through this because there's so many emails uh, and so much stuff to look at um, it was to create a whole series of buckets. Um, you know, this thing goes into improper or illegal asks, right? This thing goes into bad mm-hmm. media behavior. This thing goes into relationship with government agencies, blah, blah, blah. So I've got, there's this whole series of um, topics and buckets and and you know they're they're filling up right, but the the major themes so far to me, um, the biggest one that I that I think um, it, and is also the clearest to us now is the relationship between these companies and uh, the enforcement slash intelligence communities. Not only do we have um, co- sort of In writing, uh, there's a document that I found and was really excited about this weekend. There's this internal guidance by Twitter where they say out loud, externally, we're going to say we only remove content at our sole discretion. The internal guidance, however, is anything identified by the U.S. intelligence community as a foreign cyber threat actor we're going to take off. So they lay out in writing basically this two-faced um, corporate approach where on the surface they're going to be an independent corporation and underneath it all they're, they're actually now sort of subservient to um, the intelligence agencies and, or the enforcement community. And then subsequent, you know, subsequent to that we learn a lot about how that whole thing works.
1: If you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version of America This Week. To hear the rest of our conversation, please subscribe to TK News at taibi.substack.com.